Welcome to Adventures in Consciousness with your host, Dr. Carl Simononic. Hello, this is Episode 9, Zero Point Energy, The Source of Consciousness, and Entanglement. Zero Point Energy, which I'll sometimes refer to as the ZPE, is an immensely powerful but invisible energy field saturating every bit of the universe, even far out in empty space. A so-called empty vacuum is actually seething with energy. This energy serves as a kind of substrate for everything that manifests in the universe. A branch of physics called quantum electrodynamics, QED for short, explains how the energy in the ZPE manifests all interactions of light with other light and with matter in our physical world. The mathematics of QED describes how virtual photons, sometimes they're called virtual particles, will pop in and out of existence very quickly from the ZPE as they mediate the interactions of light and matter in the world that we normally see. But these virtual photons don't persist long enough for us to measure and count or even directly observe. This vacuum energy has been experimentally validated in laboratories by what's called the Casimir effect, and it's believed to far exceed even nuclear energies in any given volume of matter or empty space. That vast pool of energy we are saturated in is almost completely unavailable to us, though, as it exists somehow in another dimension outside our time-based frame of reference and only barely interacts with our own dimension by popping in and out of existence very briefly. So say the physicists, and if they're correct, that enormous background field of energy must itself be full of wave interactions of its own. By the way, there's another branch of physics called quantum chromodynamics, or QCD for short, which deals with the manifestation of physical particles and atoms that also involves the zero-point energy. But I'm only mentioning that in passing for completeness here, because QCD deals with matter, not light, and light is what we are concerned with for now. The vast sea of zero-point energy sometimes goes by other names, like energy of the vacuum, vacuum energy, quantum vacuum zero-point energy, zero-point field, null point energy, or the orgon or ether energies of long ago. Physics has shown the ZPE to be real in scientific experiments. It's not something purely theoretical. So it's worthwhile to consider how this energy exists in the background of our universe. Here's how I like to think about it. Imagine that you are sitting outside on a blanket on a warm summer night looking up at the stars and galaxies spread before you. All the light that you see coming from those distant stars and other sources can take millions or even billions of years to travel through space and fall upon your eyes. At least, that's the way it seems to us. But Einstein informed us that as anything approaches the speed of light, time slows down. And at the speed of light, time falls to zero. What that means is that all of that light crisscrossing the universe everywhere, between all the sources you can see with your eyes and many you cannot, all that light is there at once as far as the light is concerned, 
because light experiences no time at all in its own frame of reference. So it exists continuously along its path. It isn't at one place at one point in time and another place at another point in time. As far as the light is concerned, it only seems that way to us in our more limited time-bound frame of reference. That's a lot of light and a lot of energy in that light that we can't normally see. So that high amount of energy crisscrossing the universe likely makes up at least part of the ZPE that is also outside of our normal frame of reference. That light remains there forever into the future and forever into the past, not only the parts of it that are momentarily accessible in the little slices of present time that we humans are able to observe. This can be a difficult concept to wrap our brains around, but it is literally true. The important thing about it is that because there does exist this vast sea of light energy spanning the entire volume of the universe outside of time in its own frame of reference all at once, all those photons must also undergo constructive and destructive interference, experiencing wave interactions that result in interference patterns filling and spanning the entire universe. In other words, the record of all wave interactions is captured across the entire volume of the universe, consistent with how a number of prominent physicists, philosophers, and writers have proposed that the universe has an underlying holographic structure. If this is the first time you've heard this concept, I recommend you pick up a copy of Michael Talbot's book, The Holographic Universe. Nexus theory supports and builds upon that holographic principle of the universe to explain that everything in it has a holographic representation, from mathematics and physical laws to solid physical forms and transient phenomena like weather and earthquakes. Literally everything in existence, including all the felt qualities of our experiences, such as colors, sounds, shapes, emotions, language, dream states, and all other aspects of sensation and perception. Every letter, every word, every mental picture, every concept, even fanciful things with no actual representation in our physical world, like fairies and unicorns and supply-side economics, must have some kind of holographic representations for them to be contained even in imagination in a universe constructed on holographic principles. In other words, there must exist a holographic wave interference pattern for everything real or imaginable. So, of course, the same must apply to consciousness itself. Nexus theory proposes that because all light interactions are mediated by the ZPE background energy spanning the entire universe holographically, and because present knowledge of holograms understands they can contain and store and transmit information as data, images, and even computer programs, it takes only a small leap of understanding to envision how holographic principles also support the source of consciousness as a fundamental field property of the universe arising from the complex holographic wave interference pattern of light that fills all of space and all of time. So like other physical forces such as magnetism or charge, Consciousness exists as a fundamental property of the universe that is able to manifest out of the ZPE into our physical world whenever and wherever the local conditions permit. 
and our brains meet those conditions to permit the localization of a tiny little bit of that universe-wide, non-local source of consciousness in us by connecting us to that source and reflecting a tiny representation of it in the nexus of our brains. There's just one problem with the idea that consciousness is a field property of a holographically structured universe filling all space and time. That being, the time delay for signal transmissions is normally limited by the distance and the speed of light as the maximum speed, which wouldn't work very well for universal consciousness spread out across the entire volume of the universe unless some other phenomenon took care of it. That leaves just one known physical process which could explain how holographically encoded consciousness spread throughout a holographic universe could function to enable consciousness in us, and that's the quantum mechanical phenomenon called entanglement. In its most basic form, entanglement occurs when a pair of particles or photons are generated in such a way that the individual quantum states of each are indefinite until measured, but they are tied together in such a way that the act of measuring one instantly determines the result of measuring the other, even when separated by great distances. This entanglement mode of communication across any distance throughout the universe is unlimited by the speed of light. And Albert Einstein had trouble believing in the concept at first. He called it spooky action at a distance because of its faster than light information transfer. But modern physics has verified the truth of it experimentally and shown that even trillions of atoms can be entangled simultaneously. Like some other quantum phenomena, the physics of entanglement still remains somewhat mysterious to science, but it does explain how a holographic cosmic consciousness made of light spread across the universe in the ZPE that is entangled with a localized holographic nexus made of biophotons in the ventricles of our brains can enable consciousness. This removes the restriction of the speed of light being a limiting factor in the immediacy of our experienced consciousness, especially to the first impressions of raw consciousness. Please see episode four, Pathways and Organization of the Brain, for a refresher about raw consciousness if needed. Even more importantly, though it remains mysterious how this occurs, quantum mechanics considers entangled particles or photons to be one thing, not separate things at all when they are entangled, until they become separated through experimental observation. Think about that for a minute. It means that quantum entanglement can help to explain not only how consciousness is enabled in our brains from the much larger source, but how we are one with that source. This view of oneness is also consistent with the teachings of all the sages and saints and yogis and prophets down through the ages that have tried so hard to teach us that the source of our consciousness, whether called God consciousness, cosmic consciousness, higher consciousness, whatever you want to call it, that physical source of consciousness in the ZPE expressing a small part of itself through holographic principles and quantum entanglement in us explains how we are all one with that higher source and therefore one with each other. Step back a moment to consider that even the first book of the Judeo-Christian Bible states unambiguously that we are created in the image of God. And the major religions of the world all agree that God is light, God is everywhere, 
and God is in us. So the ancient wisdom of consciousness being something unitary spanning the entire universe and somehow living inside us is now explainable through the scientific mechanisms proposed by nexus theory. Just as a traditional hologram may be cut into many pieces, with each piece able to regenerate a picture of the whole image of the original, a tiny part of the larger unitary consciousness spanning the universe is able to interact with the nexus to animate the brain and body with what we erroneously recognize to be our separate selves through an illusion resulting from our biological individualism. We'll talk more about that illusion of separateness called ego in later episodes, but the bottom line here is that consciousness is derived from the same source for everyone. We are not separate from that source, as it sometimes seems, but are most intimately one with it, even though we are also all living parallel illusions of separateness. Finally, understanding the source of your consciousness therefore also explains with utmost clarity who you really are. Think about that the next time you have any doubts. Thank you for tuning in to Adventures in Consciousness. This episode describing the source of our consciousness is my favorite part of Nexus Theory. I hope you enjoyed it and that it really sunk in. This is your host, Carl Simononic, signing out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Adventures in Consciousness. Consciousness.